Welcome to the Hot Ticket Podcast. This is episode 129. On this episode, we break down the Arturo Fuente Don Carlos Double Robusto. This is the first time featuring Arturo Fuente Cigar on the podcast. It's just not a manufacturer that Chris and I smoke a lot, but this seems to be a very popular cigar amongst the community. So we said, what the hell, let's give it a shot. So hope you guys enjoy the episode. But before we get into it, I want to let you guys know that we are brought to you by My Cigar Pack. My Cigar Pack is a premium cigar club designed to cater unique packs to your door through an innovative platform. How do they do it, you ask? They send you five individual premium cigars, a reusable pouch with a Beveda pack, and an add-on item that complements your experience. The best part is, is they give you options. You can choose from a mild medium pack, medium pack, or a medium full pack, so you have a wide spectrum of options to choose from depending on your taste. And better yet... My Cigar Pack works hand-in-hand with real cigar experts to design their monthly combination. The brand owners and manufacturers are involved in curating their packs with the brands to give you the best experience possible. And you've got even more options. You could choose between their monthly subscription pack for $39.99 or do a one-time purchase for $49.99. And shipping is always complimentary. Visit MyCigarPack.com today to sign up now and listeners of our podcast can enjoy a bonus add-on. Type in promo code HOT1 at checkout and receive an additional cigar with your first purchase. Again, visit MyCigarPack.com, enter promo code HOT1 at checkout and receive additional cigar with your first pack. Get it, dongers. You know what's weird about that? <clears throat> um, it's kind of an it has an upbeat rhythm to it. Yeah, but it's such a it's such a it still sounds sad. It's a very sad yeah. topic. Yeah, the world is living in crisis. <laughs> oh, that's true. I wasn't even paying attention <laughs> to that. You're not listening to the lyrics. No, I wasn't. Yeah, that's it's kind of sad. I was just, just like the world is living in crisis. Wow. Yeah, did you not notice that? No. Hold on. Let's see if we can... Uh... We'll bring it back in. Pay attention to the lyrics. Well, the in the name of the can't understand a thing in the beginning. But I'm gonna not. I'm not gonna lie. It's pretty good, upbeat. Like yeah. it's got a good tune to it. Yeah. I figured it was some. I was hoping it would be something a little bit, you know, that would lift us up and not bring us down. But that is a track from uh, the very famous Don Carlos, reggae R&B singer. Yep. So um, that gives you any indication of what we're reviewing today. We are reviewing Don Carlos' cigar that Fuente made for him. That's true. It will Speci- do a specifically for this guy who died many years ago. <laughs> I think he's still alive. Oh, is he? Yeah. No. Because the world is living in crisis. If he, dude, he's, he, got a, he's got a role to play He still. looked pretty old. I bet his body's living in crisis right now. Oh, yeah, totally. <clears throat> he looks a little worn down. I feel like if you're a reggae singer, by the time you hit 50, you probably look more like you're 75. Sure. That'd be okay. All the suffering. No problem living in seven day. All the suffering. Yeah. I don't know you why know. they I don't know why they can't just say suffering, but that's okay. That's reggae for you, you know? I mean <clears throat> a lot of it was gibberish to me. Yeah. <laughs> we uh we were having a discussion where you said if you're a reggae artist, you must be black. Yeah. That uh there's no such thing as a white reggae artist, and I said that's um Awkwardly racist, but makes sense at the same time. Yeah, I think it's fine. I feel like no one wants a white reggae artist. No. They, they get, like, get off the stage. And like, what are you doing? Yeah. yeah. A white reggae artist is just a hippie. <laughs> oh, yeah. 
<laughs> like a just, Bob Marley wannabe. Yeah, that's just that's all you are. You're, you're nothing else. <laughs> um, we are we are reviewing the Arturo Fuente Don Carlos double robusto today, and we decided to review this cigar simply for the fact that you know most of the stuff that we review, we're not going to make any bones about it. Usually aligns itself on the spectrum of cigars that would be considered small batch small boutique batch, yeah. or other. Right? We're really trying to give. We're trying to help elevate the names of some of the manufacturers out there that don't already have the big representation in the marketplace. Yeah. Um, and they end up being some of the most desirable cigars because I think not only do the factories, the blenders, but the brands themselves really work hard on creating something that's really good in the marketplace in terms of the quality of their cigars and the flavor of their cigars, where you could argue some of the big guys like Fuente, which own and represent the majority of the market share, don't necessarily all the time create the same quality attention to the blend the processes overall and the quality control so in this episode we decided let's go back let's review an arturo fuente because we don't want to leave some of the bigger brands off the table either and just give you guys a representation of what we actually feel about some of these cigars that quite frankly we don't smoke very often no there are reasons for that of course but it's it's also an opportunity at least on this show to objectively as much as possible speak to the quality and the burn and the flavors of one of the oldest cigar manufacturers in the world that's true so we don't want to be biased we don't want to sway this isn't democrats versus republicans there is no line we're on the same side. We're all on the same side. We're on the opposite side and the same side at the same time. Right. So, you know, this isn't Fox News on this show. No. This is like the onion sprinkled with a little bit of facts. <laughs> True. <laughs> yeah, that's a good way of uh that's that's a good way of stating it. Um before we actually get into the review though, I did want to throw this out there because I had actually I'd brought it up early in the week and wrote and actually wrote an article about it because um, a buddy of uh, a buddy of mine who obviously I met through cigars threw something out there in terms of uh, last week. Um, one of the representatives from Davidoff was on the Cigar Dojo show, and he had mentioned on the show that the new on, the Avo Unexpected line that came out this year, new packaging, brand bold, new um, kind of style that we hadn't seen before was indeed already four different cigars that were already on the marketplace. The unexpected, the Avo unexpected celebration was actually the Legato. The Avo unexpected moment was actually the Avo domain 70. Then you have the Avo unexpected tradition, which was actually the heritage. And then you have the unexpected passion, which was the Avo classic number two. So these cigars were already represented on the marketplace and the whole Everything that the guy was saying on the show, his name was Scott Colassier. That's yeah. the French way of stating, and I'm sure it's much easier than that. Scott actually said on the episode that this was not a means, it's not a means to quote unquote trick the consumer, but just to strip everything away from the cigar, to change it up so people weren't just necessarily associating a brand name with the idea of what that cigar is going to be, but stripping of all of that and really releasing something into the marketplace um, that was just more representative flavor. Because if you remember, all the components were undisclosed. They were undisclosed, but uh, I, I had suspicions that the unexpected tradition did have Peruvian in it, um, which is in actually my review. Now, yeah. I will say this, in all fairness to myself, as a platform to speak about the unexpected tradition, I have had the Avo Synchro, right? right? Which also has Peruvian. Yeah, but that wasn't the same cigar. Those were actually two different cigars. But that said, um, there was definitely similarities, for right. sure. Um, but I honestly thought the unexpected tradition did actually taste a little bit better to me. Yeah, well, we talked about it too. It was like the idea of creating something in a different Vitola, right? It was yeah, going to give Vitola, you different yeah. characteristics. But yeah. I think more or less whether or not the cigar tasted a certain way or characteristically if they achieve what they wanted to achieve, it is misleading to the consumer that you've created something that's already existed in their marketing place. You've repackaged and rebranded it. And then 
also put this new thing out there that is essentially this old thing that's already on the shelves. I think more than anything, it's not so much that I feel bad for the consumer on this. I feel bad for all the stores who buy, thoughtfully buy inventory to put on shelves, unknowing that they're actually putting the same things on the shelves. You could have all four of those variations sitting to the left, and then you have the new unexpected lines, all four of them sitting to the right. And essentially, you have eight of the same thing. And I think that misrepresentation in the marketplace, not only it doesn't bode well for consumer confidence, but certainly there's going to be there's going to be stores out there that are going to look at it and go, what the fuck? Like, you know what I mean? Like, that's one of those things where I look at more as an attempt for the Avo brand to put more product on the shelves and less, I think it's disingenuine for them to say that this was all kind of an experiment that we were putting forward to strip everything, to strip the idea of this is what this cigar represents and only taste it for its flavor and understand it for its flavor. I think it's less that, and I think it sounds like it's more of a play to just put more stock on the shelves without having to invest in new blends, which costs money and time and effort, and to invest in you know, trying to market this whole new different thing in the market. I mean, you already have the bones of what this thing is. So to put it out there and just relabel it and repackage it something else is not as monumental of a task as bringing in four categorically new lines. To me, it just seems disingenuine. I don't know. This was like watching an episode of Scooby-Doo. You know, mm-hmm. you saw the, you see the villain in the beginning, but you don't know who they are yet. Yeah. And then you get this monster chasing after the pe- you know, the kids. And then all of a sudden the kids wise up to it and like, we pieced it together. This monster is none other than Mr. Skivers. And they like rip off the mask. Right. And it's Mr. Skivers, the nice guy that you had met earlier in the episode. Yeah. He's like. I would have gotten away with it, too, if it weren't for you kids and that damn dog. That's true. We got wise to what Ava was doing, and we uncovered the villain. We got Mr. Skivered. We got Mr. Skivers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, I don't know. It, I mean, people are going to have their own opinions on it. Um, and, I mean... I don't know if this guy was just boneheaded enough to come out and say it without thinking about yeah. the repercussions. Or if there was an idea that like eventually people are going to find out, so maybe just let's do this soft launch on this show as far as what these <laughs> things really are. Yeah. Just kind of put it out there like, well, we said it was. You, um, know, you know what he's like? He's like the... He's like the thief that's so prideful of his own work that he then talks about it on like social yeah, media. Yeah, it's kind of what it is. Like, it's kind of like a serial killer. It's like... It's a video of a guy. He's like, I just stole this car. Look at this fucking car I stole. Yeah. It's like, dude, your face is in it. Yeah. <laughs> it is It is kind of like that. And I don't know, ill world or not, I think it's just, that was just, I think the whole thing is just a little icky. I don't like it. I, I just don't like, as a consumer, I don't like to be misled because, you know, the idea around tobacco is that like, at any given time, we talk about adjustments and yeah. flavors due to even your mood due to what you've eaten that day this year's crops. due to vitola due to the crops and so on and so forth so it's not it's it wouldn't be without reality in saying that like even in something that avos created and and let's just say a line that they've had out for an extended period of time it's not to say that if i've smoked that three years ago and i smoke it tomorrow i'm not going to get a totally different experience yeah. i'm probably going to get a totally different experience yeah I think it was just a way for, and I think a lot of times, like Avo and even Camacho to an extent, I don't want to say they get a bad rap, but when your parent company is Davidoff and Davidoff is like all glory in the eyes of every cigar smoker in terms of like quality and flavor and so on, and then you have these sub brands that are just that, they're sub brands, um, I think sometimes they just get hidden in there and may may not get the best representation. I think this effort and attempt to kind of slight everybody through marketing is just not, I don't think it's the right approach. I think it's a terrible approach actually. And it doesn't say that I'm never going to smoke an Avo again, but it's just like, you know, if you've been misleading in terms of this thing, like it, it, it doesn't bode well when you're trying to put something new onto the market. Let's say come 2020 IPCPR and people go, well, what if this is just a fucking another thing you've done? Repackage rebranded. Yeah. Like people are going to think that it's already been implanted in the hands. Especially if there's a price hike. 
Yeah, of, oh, of course. That would piss me the fuck oh, off. Oh, yeah, I think that would make, that'd make a lot of people mad. But That's the first time I've been mad on this show. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, the other thing that I wanted to, to talk about, and I just this is just a, a quick thing the other day. So most people know who OV Cigars is, Oscar Valderas Cigars. They have the Oscar brand cigars. They do the Oscar by Leaf. They have the new one out, which is the um, the Superfly, which has become pretty popular. Yeah, they have some popular man. cigars in the market. Now, the other day, I was tagged in, um, because it seems like more and more, they're playing into the whole idea of hot girl marketing. Yeah. And I know that it's disappointed a few people because they actually do yeah. have a pretty good reputation in the marketplace. They do actually make some very good cigars. But there's this new commercial that they shot because I'm going to show you right now. Sure. So you can see the commercial. This will be my these, candid um, reaction to this. Yeah. Commercial. So so these uh, very, very attractive ladies who are smelling these cigars and putting them back in the they box. Pretty and, hot. and they're finger fucking the hell out of them. This is like, I guess, their new attempt at marketing this particular cigar, which I'm not going to tell people how they should and shouldn't market cigars. Like, that's not my job. Like, my job is to be objective about the actual cigar because you don't get the woman with the cigar. Right. You don't. The woman doesn't come with the cigar. That'd and, be crazy, though. And I know, I know people are starting to figure out, it's like, if I throw a hot woman on here, this is going to get attention. It seems like very easy almost free marketing in a sense except for of course these girls had to be paid idea. for what's that how about we do what they're doing for that cigar but we right now just take a quick moment to do what they're doing to like really promote this show ready and like three so people can watch it right okay. let us be sexy uh, hold on, do they use tongue yeah they do yeah they use hold on let me get my chest hair out. Mm. Oh, yeah, you got to make the noises too, like that. Oh, you like that? Like the. Oh, there's see, there's no audio to this, which was to me. Um, Maybe that's a little bit weirder. I thought it was, was no audio. I like, was kind of, um, I was kind of disappointed that there's no audio to the video, but of course I get tagged in this thing, sure, which is funny, and of course I have to make a comment, and the comment I made, which apparently went over very well, I said. Uh, I said I made that face once when I stuck my finger in my butt and was surprised it smelled decent. Um, because look at her face. Particularly the girl on the left. <laughs> what I like about the girl like, on the left. Like that isn't even a face anybody makes when they're what I, smelling What a I cigar. like about the girl on the right though. <laughs> maybe this is the bad marketing part of it. She brings the cigar up to sniff it doesn't even really give a good sniff it's like she's choosing not to sniff because it may be unflattering yeah. for the camera right but she doesn't sniff but touches her nose and then just puts it back in the box yeah she does <laughs> like, it's like bitch you buy it i you will fucking touched it you sniffed it that's your cigar twelve dollars you're buying it right there by the way all the comments on here are hysterical like I wasn't the only one that wrote some funny shit like most people were like what in the fuck is going on which is really hilarious. Because um, every guy right now is, is jerking off to this Instagram post. If this was a deep fake, you know what deep fake is? It's yeah. A, okay. Everybody's looking in that video and taking a mental deep fake and replacing that cigar with their dick. Yeah, of course. Of course they are. That's what they're doing. Yeah. They're for sure doing She that. sniffs it and then she puts it back in the box. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's so, I don't know. I just think the hot girl marketing thing is getting old and tired. I was having a conversation, just kind of a, just a message conversation with a friend of the industry the other day. And I said, I'm just getting disappointed on how watered down things are getting because people start to figure out what works. But just because, well, I don't even want to say what works. Let's say what creates attention. Yeah. And then they think that that attention translates into what works. That attention creates selling more boxes. But the reality is, is it doesn't. And it's not long lasting. It's a short, yeah, it's a short lived it's thing. A, it's, a short, it's a short term thing that you can do because at the end of the day, if I buy a box of your cigars, let's say I associate and say, oh, hot women, got to be great cigars. I buy that cigar and it's not good. I'm never buying it again. I don't care how many hot women you put on a commercial. Yeah. So stick to the idea of making a really good cigar and marketing it accordingly. and. Let's get all the other fucking bullshit out of it. I'm just getting tired of seeing, and I see it every single day, and I know we wear this whole topic out on this fucking podcast, but 
it seems like it gets worse every single day. It seems like people are putting a lot of time and credence in doing these kind of marketing ploys as opposed to just being genuine in your effort, which people attach themselves to being genuine. People get it. They want truth. They want, they want, they want genuine. They want heartfelt. They want to know that people have put the time and attention into something. Not that you're just going to take this cigar and then all of a sudden you're going to do a marketing campaign and marketing blitz around it using a couple attractive females, which by the way, I think you could have picked two better ones. They were pretty though. But one had a weird hairline. I just really like the idea of putting a big, hard, dark cigar in my mouth. I mean, that's kind of what it comes down to. Yeah. It's, I don't know, truthfully annoying. But anyway, um, we have a cigar review coming up. And we're doing the Don Carlos, Arturo Fuente Don Carlos, Double Robusto. Because the world is living in crisis. The world is living in crisis. Actually, everybody's all suffering. the money made from this Don Carlos Fuente cigar was actually donated to the World Wildlife, world, <laughs> wildlife <laughs> and World uh, Poverty uh, Charities. How wonderful for them to do that. Yeah. That's very great. Um, all right. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be back with you guys in just a minute. Alrighty, guys, we're back. Well, I should say guys and gals. I don't want to be not inclusive yeah. of the other gender. And there's actually more genders out there. I don't know what their names are, but I've heard there's like 83 of them now. There's even reggae. <laughs> <laughs> right. right. The new reggae. Um, we've got a review, as we've already stated. Yep. We are reviewing the Arturo Fuente Don Carlos Double Robusto. And again, as we explained earlier, this is an attempt to not create any biases out there. Sometimes you got to sprinkle in the things that you really don't cherish and like as much. And you've got to be objective as humanly possible. And And that's what we're here to do today. Exactly. And I'm all for a redemption. This is their Rocky II moment. Well, I mean, it's kind of their Rocky II moment, but we've never actually reviewed this particular show. No, but I've reviewed the Fuente brand in general. I know we've never had that. We've never actually had the Fuente brand on the podcast. In That's terms true. Of never reviewed cigar on the podcast, but we do have a cigar review of which has already been embedded in the website. It's one of the very first cigars reviews we've ever done. This was years ago, probably what three years ago now, four years ago yeah. now. Yeah, been a long time. Been a while. Um. So, and I think that was on what the Grand Reserva. It was like that was the worst fucking thing. No offense. Not good. Terrible. But it was really bad. <clears throat> I had a mouse hole in that. That's what you get for six bucks. But um. Yeah. So it's not that we've not reviewed them before. We've just never featured one on the podcast. So this is the very first one. Um. But before we get into it, Chris, you're gonna have to give us a backstory on how this Don Carlos was actually created. Well, here's the thing. It's literally made for Don Carlos, the reggae R&B singer. But in order to understand why the cigar was made, I think it's important to understand a little bit about Don Carlos. I think that's a good idea. Don Carlos, a.k.a. Don Mick Carlos, if he was running a McDonald's franchise, born Yuvin Spencer. June 29th, 1952, was a Jamaican reggae singer and composer. Don Carlos began singing in 1973 as a member of Black Ahuru. He sang alongside Garth Dennis and Derek Simpson, the leader of the trio. In 1988, he recorded Jingle Bells with Glennis Spencer on a reggae Christmas in RAS Records. In 1990, he re- reunited as a lead vocalist of Black Uhuru album. Don continues to perform all over the world and has a large fan base in Africa. Don Carlos performs in several African countries, mainly Nairobi, Kenya, and in 2010 and on June 3rd, 2017. He also performs in three cities in Zimbabwe, in Lusaka, in Kitwe, and Livingston. You know, it's interesting. As, as I look performing. at his, as I look at his profile, it says Don Carlos, aka Don Mick Carlos, born. What is his name? Irvin Spencer. Yeah, Yuvin. <laughs> Yuvin Spencer. Um, so Don Carlos has three names, which I think is interesting. His music's actually not terrible. No, he's done a lot of guest appearances, split albums, uh, and compilations over the years. Uh, you can still enjoy Seems him. Seems like that kind of music. If you want to spend a plane ticket. 
and 13 basically uh if you want to get 13 um yeah uh right you know sure shots to go visit Kenya right yeah the immunity shots it's like what are you what are you getting those shots for I'm going to see Don Carlos in Kenya <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. We're gonna we're thinking about doing a safari, safari, and then at night we're gonna go see Don Carlos. The bottom line is Don Carlos inspired uh, Arturo Fuente back in 1974 and decided to make a cigar for him in honor and homage to this great reggae and R&B singer. That's wonderful. Yeah. Um. All right, let's get into the review. Sure. Tell us how we actually break these things down. Each cigar review starts with a total of 60 possible points and is broken down into three main categories. 10 points for construction, 20 points for burn, and 30 points for flavor. We then deduct points for less than optimal construction, burn, and flavor and see if the cigar is worth the price for a possible 1% bonus or deduction. And then finally... We average out our individual scores, giving you guys our total cigar rating at a 60. Oh, wonderful. All right. Don, it's time. It's time, Donnie. Grab your guitar. Grab the band. It's time to play a little bit of music. Let's play in some my music. mouth. Let's play some music. Play right. it in my mouth. So this is the Don Carlos Double Robusto by Arturo Fuente. It's comprised of a Cameroon rapper. Ironically enough, we have not smoked. <laughs> oh my god! A, ca- a camera, I know. We have not smoked a Cameroon wrapper cigar in quite some time. There's a lot of irony to the fact that this is Cameroon wrapper. Dude, there might be some legitimacy <laughs> to, to, to my backstory. Um, it is comprised of Dominican binder, Dominican filler, as far as the innards. Again, double robusto, which is a five and three quarters by fifty-two. Now you're gonna pay about eleven dollars for this cigar, which is kind of um, middle of the road Fuente, yeah. right? You have the Don Carlos series, you have some of the Añejo stuff, and then you've got some of like a hey, short story Grand Reserva stuff, which is ugh. and then you have some of the more higher end stuff with, of course, all the higher end Fuente yeah. cigars. Yeah. So being like the Opus X line. So um, this probably is housed somewhere in the middle of all of those. Sure, yeah. Um, in terms of price paid. Um, but let's see what your thoughts were, Chris, on the construction of this cigar overall. As soon as Don Carlos took the stage, it made sense why I was paying two fifty to get into the show. But I was honestly surprised by how well he actually stood there and performed physically. He was well put together. Had a nice kind of weird quaff of dreads behind his head. A nice shapely beard. You know, wearing his multicolored African hat. Um, all in all, he, it was a really nice construction. Yeah, I would agree. I don't want to say the construction is adequate. It's actually really good. Yeah. Um, on this particular cigar, I'll tell you this. I really like the color of that Cameron wrapper a lot. I do too. I like it. It's kind of like a dark, rich color. And I know Cameron wrappers are finicky at best in terms mm-hmm. of usage. Why you don't see them on wrapper types a whole lot as much as you... I mean, I think they're a little bit more popular binders. even like five or six years ago, but not as popular now. So I really like seeing a Cameron wrapper on a cigar. They're actually really beautiful. And if you notice... A lot of times when you age that Cameroon wrapper, it gets very marbly, which is cool. And this had a little bit of that in it. Mm-hmm. Um, not as bold of a marble as you would see on something that's aged a significant period of time. Sure. But you could definitely see interlaced differences in shades and colors within the wrapper type. It's actually really beautiful. I thought the construction on the cigar overall was awesome. Yeah, triple cap. I mean, it's a longer Robusto that we got here. This isn't your typical 5x50 or 5x52. It almost airs. It almost airs. It's like a Toro. Yeah, I think it airs more towards, obviously, Toro being a 5x5 five five and 3 quarters. But, um, you know, I'll, I'll take double Robusto as well. Yeah, man, there's going to be an encore at the end. This isn't going to be an hour set. Fucking Don Carlos is going to play another half set after he fucking finishes up his first set. His old rickety bones still yeah, go. He'll go a little bit longer tonight. He's he's feeling it. So what do you think about the burn? Burn, it was pretty good. Two, three puffer um, for decent smoke production. 
Uh, very thick ash, uh, surprisingly. Um, but I think that a lot of that is attributed to, like, it was just really well bunched. Um, yeah. It was really nice construction. I think that played a part into that nice thick ash. It was actually kind of hard to knock off the ash. There was a couple moments when we were viewing it where I was, like, smacking it <laughs> yeah. against the ashtray, and it just was not falling off. But as soon as I got it off there, what did I get? I love these moments. It is the, I want to call it the volcano. You get the volcano, and it just like this mountainous peak of molten ash right at the top of the cigar. Every time I ash this cigar, surprisingly, I had that mountain, and I love that. I think it's great for the burn. Aesthetically, it's pleasing, and you could poke out someone's eyeball if you really wanted to. That's true. You could sear somebody with that thing. But I love that because I feel like every time that happens when it comes to the wrapper and the fillers as far as the burn and how quickly each one of them burn, it just always makes for a good burn because the wrapper is burning a little bit quicker than the fillers, but they're all still, you know, burning within kind of right sequence one, of an, of one another. One isn't out is not outdoing the other in terms yeah. of creating now, an outage on the cigar. Cameroon can be a thin wrapper. It can be. Can be a little finicky. I did have a couple runs, but they did thankfully correct themselves without any like you know manual input. Right. But all in all, the burn was fucking great. Yeah, I thought. Um, I think the thing that impressed me most about the burn of the cigar was how consistent it was for me. It burned evenly all the way down. It had literally zero issues with actually maintaining consistency in the cigar. And I agree with you in terms of like. I just expected because Cameroon can be a finicky wrapper type that this was going to be one that would probably create some wonkiness a little bit. Yeah. That there may have been some runs, not anything that is insurmountable in terms of like correcting and fixing or, or anything that was going to be too detrimental to the smoke. But I did, I did expect at some point, I was like, okay, well, I'm going to do a small correction. But there was literally no corrections that I had to make on this cigar. Burned evenly all the way through, which I thought was great. The only... The only knock that I'm going to give this cigar is to me, and I knew that just based upon feeling the cigar um, when I was kind of going and understanding how well it was constructed, it was very dense. Um, there's, this cigar is packed full of fillers. So I, did kind, I didn't anticipate, but I totally understand why this occurred. I had a bit of a tight draw on the cigar, a little tighter than I'd like. Um, for me, it's, it was not as... It, it was adequate, but it wasn't great. Um, it was one of those ones that, although I didn't want to take the time to kind of hone it out and correct it, um, it was also one of those ones where I found myself having to really mm. puff on the cigar more to get a meaningful amount of smoke production. So that was my only bash on it. Other than that, I would say as far as consistency of the cigar, I burned the cigar. It's one of the better ones I've had recently. Yeah. And, you know, the question also is, is like, did it ever pass the whole test? You know, what is the whole test? Right. It's when we sit that cigar down for five minutes. And Don walks off stage, and we're like, oh, this is the encore moment. And all of us in the crowd are like, Don Carlos! Don Carlos! Don Carlos! I don't think his audience is screaming, if they're as old as he is. And he's off stage, and he's taking a hit of his ball. Like, <laughs> and, you know, we go, he's getting high off stage. And we're like, Don Carlos! For five minutes. And then when he came back on stage, all of us are like, and we put that cigar back in our mouth, and if it's lit, that's a great old test. Yep. <laughs> it wasn't still lit. Sure as fuck was. Yeah, definitely was. It passed. It was. It, I mean, mine burned great. Like I knew when you when you get those volcanic peaks. Yeah. Typically speaking, you're not gonna have a fucking issue. Yeah, this is actually a Fuente that we've had because we don't smoke them very often. I smoke them every once in a while, and I would say this one. Of course, there's a sense of quality that goes into this especially for the price point that you wouldn't get in some of the lower end fuente cigars that you typically do have a lot of issues with that are troublesome that don't speak speak or uh, they don't smoke evenly they take they take some effort to correct more often than not um this being paid you know eleven dollars up until this point in terms of construction and burn I believe, you know, I look at it and go, okay, well, this is not like most Arturo Fuente experiences if you're smoking something in the lower end. So it does command a little bit of a price point. But that being said, arguably the most important part about the review piece is the flavor. What does it impart in terms of flavor? Is it 
reasonable to pay $11 for this cigar? Does it give you what it should in terms of flavor, understanding that it does have a Cameron wrapper, which always gives you a different element of flavor that you are not ever going to get in any other wrapper type. It is very distinctive. But does this blend make sense to pay for $11? What did you think? Quote on quote, couple hits into this cigar, I literally say, Wow, it's not that bad. <laughs> Here's what you get. And then this is me. Maybe it's my tongue. Maybe I have a golden tongue. The unicorn tongue, as we call it. Bitter, earthy, nutty, and mild spice. It's surprisingly spicier than I anticipated for this one, Tay. It is up front, for sure. Yeah, but you get nice kind of bitter, earthy, and nutty flavors, which I do really kind of like. Um... And the spice was nice up front as well. Um, that flavor is very consistent. And it stays with you for a good portion of the cigar. And I really did like it. Did. And I'm just going to be very candid about Don Carlos. About when we got to the whole test. About 50% way through when we set that down. And I put it back in my mouth. There was a couple hits of that same really kind of well-balanced flavors. And then weirdly, I don't know why, but the flavors almost completely died off. And it wasn't like my palate was blown out. It wasn't like the spice overtook everything or anything like that. It's just like, it's like the person controlling the soundboard, the mixing board for Don Carlos, just decided to like turn down the volume arbitrarily. He yeah. just kept turning it down. And then at a certain point, you're like, I can't hear anything. Yeah. Is Don Carlos even alive still? Is he, it's like, I see his mouth moving, but I don't hear a anything. A heart attack on stage? What happened? I just feel like the flavors died off. And I like, I, it never came back. Yeah. It was, it was just, you know. And I was like, I was like, wow, this is a good Fuente. And then I was like, oh, right. And then it fades to nothing. Yeah. Yeah, um, your, your experience would be very similar to mine in terms of I thought it started off really great. I said, you know, flavor start off strong, very impactful, and they fade kind of into a nice, smooth balance. I did get a lot of dark sweetness in the cigar, which I really enjoyed up front. So we're talking about first inch, two inches of the cigar. This is something that I thought was very pleasing. Again, not being a huge Fuente fan, I'm looking at this going, wow, this is a pretty good and pleasant uh, flavor profile in this particular cigar that I really haven't had in a Fuente before that at least I don't remember, right? I've smoked the Don Carlos before. It was years ago when I smoked it. So I was, I was kind of, I was excited with and had a bit of joy going into this going, okay, this is reasonable. This is a reasonable Fuente cigar that I can really get behind. I really like it. I love the smooth flavors. That was great. And I really liked the impact up front. Mm -hmm. I thought it was great. Yeah. I had the same thing as you, and, and as I kind of articulate on my note sheet is um, the flavors really about halfway through go to about 50%. They get dull and very uneventful, and it was almost like the second half is just a shell of the first half. Yeah. It just seems like everything was missing, that the balance is no longer there. Um, even into about the final inch, the cigar gets pretty harsh, where some of those really wonderful smooth flavors that exist in the very beginning and the first half of the cigar are nothing that you can draw out towards the end of the cigar. I mean, I literally put in here, it's like someone rolled up a bunch of twigs and that's what I'm smoking. Oh, it was just very harsh, very charred. Um, it was, it, it was, it was one that with an inch left on something that is close to six inches, five by three quarters. I wanted to put down the last inch. I just thought it was, it, it was not, the same thing that, and, and I don't expect it to be, but I do expect it to still impart some good flavors. And yeah. it, it was like, you know what it reminds me of? I'm, let me use this analogy. There's two people, there's two different kinds of people who run in a race. If you're running a long distance race, let's say it's a 400 meter, you have two different kinds of people. Sprinter and You have the person pack. who wants to stay ahead of the pack as long as possible and try to create separation at front. Then you have the person that paces themselves in the back and looks, looks to burst at the end. To me, either way, you're trying to pace yourself enough to get a good time, right? Mm -hmm. This, to me, was the person that wanted to be out there up front and wanted to hold off the pack and create the separation up front, but lost all the fuel towards the latter half yeah. of the cigar. 
and ends up quite literally coming in last place. Yeah. That's what this cigar was for me. I think if the second half of the cigar was even 75%, 80% of the flavor profile that the first part of the cigar was, I think this would be a really, really good cigar. Yeah. Very reasonable in terms of flavors. I thought the balance and consistency with flavors up front in the, in the first half of the cigar were really pleasant, very pleasant to me for, and I say for a Fuente, are very pleasant. I really mm -hmm. enjoyed the cigar. It is just not long-lasting. I kind of look at it and it's like, okay, well, if we didn't make this in a five and three quarters. If there was a Robusto. Let's say we made it in a four-inch cigar, a four-and-a-half-inch cigar. Corona, maybe. Something smaller, smaller Vitola. Just literally cut the cigar in half and be like, this is a great cigar. Yeah. And it would pay $11 for it. I'd pay, you know, seven eight. bucks for yeah, it or eight yeah, bucks yeah. for it. But my point is, is that there's just not a richness to the cigar that occurs in the latter half and it really does get very bland dull and boring um and to me i want a cigar to finish good yeah i love cigars that start good i would much rather than finish good i want a crescendo into the end yeah. i don't want the opposite i don't want it to peter out i don't want the gas to be emptied from the tank the, um the, that's just me the <laughs> yeah, that that's what I want. I want the build up. And yeah. uh it just simply was not achieved in my opinion in the cigar. But I do think the flavors were so good up front. They were. They were I don't want to say it negates uh what is I would consider not as pleasant or borderline terrible at the end. It was still very good and I just wish that there was just it was a little bit more long lasting. I agree. And I think Don just maybe got a little vocal fry at the end. It's very possible. Keyword. Now, the question is, $11 is the price paid for the cigar. Double Robusto is a pretty decent-sized cigar. And I think $11 is out of bounds for the Vitola. But for being the Fuente, being what it is in terms of flavor, what did you think about the price paid? Um, I thought it was an okay price. Um, I probably would have liked to see it at the 10 but I truly felt like it was reaching more in the tor Toro size. Right. Um, but that said, I thought it was, I thought it was an adequate price for what you're getting in terms of volume. Yeah. You know, so, um, even though I would seriously, maybe the second time around question the price, if I got the same experience in the latter half of the cigar, I might then really question it, but at least with this one, I thought it was an okay price. Okay. I thought... I'd say given my experience in the second half of the cigar, I would go with it. It's not worth the price paid. Yeah. So I did give it a Delta simply for the fact that 50% of my cigar simply wasn't that great in terms of flavor. Yeah. I think had it been 75% of the cigar, and maybe just a little bit of the harshness towards the end, I think I could have been okay with that. I think yeah. I would have been okay with paying $11 for it when and it being that. But I just don't think, given the fact that half of my cigar was just bland and just kind of unpleasant. I can't say that it's worth $11 in price paid. As a matter of fact, I would probably not want to pay any more than $859 for this particular cigar, given the fact that 50% of it was just undesirable. Yeah. So I did give it a one-point pricing. Yeah. I, I reserve my negative for maybe a follow-up if I smoke it again. Sure. Just thinking maybe maybe the latter half is better on the next one but if it's consistently like that i would definitely say it's not worth it right um but yeah i did not give it a delta or a bonus for sure not a bonus right which i wouldn't suspect you would yeah so what is your score on this cigar overall there's no denying that construction is great right it's very good construction there's no denying that the burn overall was damn near flawless as well even with Corey's slight tight draw overall he had a very consistent burn yeah i had a, a pretty damn consistent burn minus one small run which fixed itself completely nice ash and peaks damn near fucking perfect burn okay flavor started off very well started off very good in our brackets of you know anywhere between like um you know, like 25 and 27 is very good. And anything above that is like the meccas of our palates. Sure. It started off very good. 
in my opinion, started off great. I was thinking in in the orders of like 26 out of 30 is where my head was at in the very beginning part of the cigar. As soon as it hit that point, I could not in clear conscience say that it was the same 26 out of 30. Sure. Um, as an even balance, if I had to take the averages of the first half compared to the second half and find a nice median average, it's it, to me, it's an okay flavor. It's a 24 out of 30. Right. It's an okay flavor. You get a lot of greatness up front, a lot of nothingness in the end. Right. Um, so I gave it a 24. All of those scores combined, I gave it a 90%. Okay. Um, I do agree with a lot of what you said, obviously, because it's a similar experience, except that I did have the tight draw, so this is a minus a point from me. So perfect construction score, minus one on the burn. Um, I thought because we're talking about 50% of the cigar, I did something similar to you as far as I kind of took the median average, yeah. um, which gave me a total score. I did another half point on that because I literally wanted to cut it in half. It was 23.5. Um, I did give it the pricing delta because $11 price paid for a cigar that 50% of it's subpar. I just can't reasonably say, yes, I want to pay $11 for that. I just think yeah. of categorically all these other sure. cigars that I've smoked that are in the $8, $9 range yeah. that are you know, really kind of hold strong in terms of flavors all the way through, create good balance. This just wasn't there. So I think, I think $11 is a little elevated. They gave me a total score of an 86.5. Those two scores averaged out. Your 90%, my 86.5 gives us an average score of 88.25. Yeah. We'll round up to an 88.3. Here's what's wild, people. I mean, I really truly objectively feel this way. Even though that I know flavor can be subjective, I think... You've got a great cigar overall, but the flavor is really the very questionable piece, I think, for most people. Um, right. And what's crazy is, is this is a cigar that I've seen rated at a 94. Yeah. Over the years, I've seen it rated as a 94. It's 93. usually very highly rated. In, in all candidness. Cigar aficionado. I've smoked Fuentes. I've smoked a lot of different stuff, a plethora of stuff. And I mean across the board. I'm not talking. I'm always staying in my lane. I am literally talking about I have tried a very, very <laughs> wide spectrum of things. Yeah, you've definitely tried Even some, the worst. You've okay. tried some, some real yeah, garbage. Even the fucking worst. <laughs> so for me to give it a 90, there's some hope for the brand, at least in the middle range selections. I am curious to see what the more fifteen to twenty dollar Fuentes are like, like getting the Opus X at a higher price point. We, like we should review an Opus yeah. just to do it. But I am curious at this point. Like because I because I feel like Fuente is that brand, it's truly you pay, you get what you pay for. Yeah. Like the $6 are garbage. Now, there's amazing $6 sticks out there. Yeah. But with this particular brand, you get what you pay for. And I think the more you pay for a Fuente, very likely the better it will be. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so. that's true. I, I do agree with that. And it's actually got me a little bit more curious about... Maybe expanding my horizons a little bit in the line, trying some different stuff, because I will say I like the use of the Cameroon wrapper in this particular cigar. I do think a lot of times their fillers seem to be very dull and uneventful, but I like the choice of the wrapper type. Mm -hmm. I, I do, you know, it kind of makes me want to smoke the Eye of the Shark, which is highly rated, of course. It does make me kind of want to experiment a little bit more with the Opus line and, and really try to get a, a better understanding of what Fuente is trying to achieve at each iteration of pricing, each level that they kind of bring to the table. So um, it's a cigar that I didn't hate, but I didn't love it either. Um, I mean, just I think about all the cigars that we've smoked recently and I go, yeah, I mean, this would be closer to the bottom of my list with the exception of, and I did a review on it and posted it this week, the Yasum Crawl Toothpick 2.0. That cigar simply was not great. There's a lot of people that commented like, love that cigar. And I was like, yeah, you should read my review because <laughs> I'm not going to comment on it right here. Um, just not a fan of the cigar. So, But for the most part, what I've smoked recently has been absolutely incredible. There's been some amazing cigars, especially some of the 2019 releases this year. Have just been, It's been a great year for cigars. Um, I just think this one, to me, was a little bit subpar. So, yeah. Um, we do have, hopefully, have an interview coming up next week, which I'm excited about. Chris and I are going to do our top list. So we're going to do a 2019 release top five. Then we're going to do... All the cigars that we reviewed this year, which are a lot, we're going to do all the 2019 reviews that we've done, and we're going to do a top 10 off of that. Then we're going to do something that no one does, and I don't think has ever done. We are going to do a top five in our community scores. 
So for anybody who's seen the Instagram page lately, you see thumbs up, thumbs down. You see me post a lot of stuff. Go in, thumbs up, thumbs down. We're going to do a, a top community rated score, top five as well, in addition to the other two. Absolutely. So really trying to get some good feedback from everybody in terms of the best cigars that have been out there here recently and the ones that we reviewed in 2019. And just a preface, we are talking about the cigars we have smoked. This is not necessarily a breakdown right. of cigars that we haven't smoked because that would be ridiculous. That would be stupid. But do feel confident and trustful in knowing that I myself have smoked over 90 cigars this year. Yep. And, and I'm, I'm, well, I've reviewed over 90. Yeah. Like, I've smoked way more than 90, but, like, yeah. but I've reviewed 90. Yeah, we've, we're definitely putting in the work and we're putting in the time. And, of course, um, we'll expand upon it in 2020, but we think that's going to be, it'll be really nice. It'll be cool to see the representation of what people in the community feel versus what we feel on cigars. I'm, I'm looking forward to the disparity and, and some of the similarities as well. I just want you to look in these eyes. You trust me? Yeah, you trust for anybody him? who's actually watching this. Yeah. You trust um, him too? But if you're not, you trust me. Then you can't see any of this. All right. Let's wrap it up. Um, thank you, everybody, for listening. This will conclude episode 129. So cool enough. Next week will be episode 130, which will also be our Christmas episode. So oh, we're looking forward to recording and that. And one last shout out. Just one. You're killing me. I'm sorry. Just want to say congratulations to Cigar Hustler for their 100th episode. That's right. So Cigar Hustler just recorded their 100th episode, which is fucking awesome. They recorded it with Matt Booth, which is weird enough because Matt Booth has been on kind of a podcast role here as of recent. I've always wanted him on the podcast. We had a chance to record with them and some weird combination of events that happened like months ago and we <laughs> we couldn't pull it off. It's yeah. a really strange thing. Um, but I've heard he's fucking awesome. So to me, it feels like there's no better guest for them to have on episode 100. So cigar hustlers, congrats. Mike and Mikey fucking congrats. Q clap track. Yeah. I think it's fucking wonderful, dude. It's, it's cool to get to an episode hundred. And, and I think one of the best things about podcasts and really keeping them going is that once you get them right, the chemistry's built, you get to episode 100, it's a huge milestone, and you get beyond that, it seems like things just start flowing really, really, really well. And for those guys, there's good chemistry between Mike and Mikey, so congratulations on episode 100. It's fucking yeah. awesome. Yeah. Um, that being said, no one knows this, but we are, well, they're going to know it now, we are setting up, and I've been curating this, we're going to be doing... Um, a collaboration podcast with Mike and Mikey coming up very, very, very soon. Um, there's a weird thing, not a weird thing, but there's something happening in there that may change the timing of it, um, which I don't know is supposed to be said or not said. Um, but either way, it'll either happen within like the next couple weeks or it'll happen sometime in January. But we're going to do a collaboration podcast with them, um, mm. hopefully very, very soon, which will be fucking awesome. So yeah. Um, that being said, thank you everybody for listening. We'll be back at you next week with episode 130. See everyone. Bye. Thanks everybody for listening to the podcast. We greatly appreciate it. How can you get a hold of us? You can get a hold of myself on Instagram at the Hot Ticket Pod. You can get a hold of Chris on Instagram at Hot Ticket Chris. Please also, if you could, visit our website, hotticketweekly.com, for news, reviews, interviews, and more. And please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast on iTunes. We greatly appreciate it. In addition to being on iTunes, we're also on Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, Podomatic, anywhere where you can find podcasts. Again, thank you for listening to the show. We'll be back at you next week.